The following podcast contains scenes of violence against older adults, domestic violence, strong language, frank discussions, and displays of emotion. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, this is the wolf song. Bonjour! Welcome to Misho Minwa Noki, You, Me and Wrinkles, the Elder Abuse Prevention Podcast, a production of Theater. This is Episode 2, The Golden Roof. Hi, I'm your host, Tanya Coulter. Today I'm here with two volunteers, Thunder and Marianne. Ani! Ani, bonjour, Tanya. We listened to Episode 1. Yeah, so elder abuse is physical and it's stealing, right? Sure. Those are two types of elder abuse, and there are more. What does elder abuse mean to you? Well, saying horrible things to someone. Verbal abuse, yes. Hey, bullying. We didn't talk about financial abuse yet. There are so many variations of that. Yeah, like scams. Absolutely. Let's listen to episode two, The Golden Roof. It's about a scam and who can help. And remember, if you have an emergency or if someone is in immediate danger, call 911. Call 211 if you need help to find help. We'll talk about other resources during the podcast. Sounds too blue to fly. The midnight train is whining low, and I'm so lonesome. Listening to Hank on the radio. He's all I got to keep me company. I'm getting old. I have to work hard to put wood in the fire. Sometimes I need help. Sometimes I need help with my meals. Somebody to do my laundry. Somebody to get my groceries. Somebody to fix this and that. I haven't seen my children in over a month. There's nothing to do except sleep, eat, and sleep. I wish someone would come and say hello. It wouldn't have to be too long. Just enough to see a smile and make me feel worthwhile. So many bills. Oh, that hurts. Where am I going to get this money? I'm so confused. How am I going to choose which ones to pay? Toss a coin. Heads you win, tails you lose. Hydro. Oh. Go away. Namajan. Hey there. 
Good to see you again. How are you doing? Oh, I'm not doing well. Oh yeah, I, I'm doing great. Look at that. Sun's out. Who could ask for more than that, eh? I was just going by, took advantage of the weather to, to uh, take a quick trip into the city. I had a great time. We went shopping. Hey, hey, hey. look at these boots. Oh. Aren't my boots nice? Check out the leather. Oh. What's the matter with you? I'm thinking about this loan to fix my roof that I made with the band that you helped me with. Can you check on that? That's why I'm here. I'm here to pick up that $500 that you owe. It's that time of the month. I'm having a hard time with my bills. I don't know if I can make it this month. Okay, okay, okay. You know what? The truck's running. My, my young wife is waiting. We're picking up the kids up at the school. And I'm in a hurry. I need that 500 bucks. How? Wait, 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 wait. It's not leaking or anything, is it? Tell me it's good. The roof is good, right? It's, it's good. Oh, <laughs> you, you had me worried there for a second. Well then? But I paid too much already. I need the $500. Can you check into that, please? That's not my job. I just pick up the money. You're not going to get me in trouble with the van office, are you? Well, maybe we could work this out between now and next month. Oh, Delia. You kidder. Not my department. So, hand it over. 100, 200, 3, Four, and on oak, $500. You're so organized, Delia. Look at that. All lined up, $500. I've got to run. I'll see you, Delia. Oh! Why are you giving him money? The not I depended on him to help me with that loan with the band to fix my roof. But I paid too much into it already. What's he got to do with the band? Where does the money go? To the band office. Are you sure? That's who takes care of my finances now. And you've already paid for a year and a half? Nine thousand bucks? There's something wrong here. Or that's a golden roof. I think I'll have to contact the band office and ask what they're doing and why he's collecting the money. Could you? Oh, good. Hello, band office. Hello. Can I speak to Gail? Gail in housing. One moment, please. Annie. Annie Gail. It's me calling again. Remember I called last week? Oh yes. I checked. It's an unforgivable loan for the roof and the windows. She has to pay that. She has been paying. Who has she been paying it to? Housing. The man said you wanted this money from her. To pay it back for life. Who? Who's this? The man who comes to the house. You don't know? It sounds like fraud. I'll put you through my supervisor. One moment. I think something's kind of fishy here. What is Bank Council going to do about it? Look, I don't know anything about this. I'll put you on the agenda for next month. Getting blamed again. If I go down, they're all going down too. 
I'm not carrying this by myself. I'm taking them all down. I've seen who all did it. I know everyone involved. Finance, the inspector. I'm, I'm taking a holiday. Definitely stress leave with pay. I gotta pay off my truck, the cabin. We've tried everything. We tried to work with a lawyer and he didn't do anything except take more money. I don't even think he knows her name. They're saying I never paid the housing office anything. It's crummy. Paying for the trips to the lawyer too. It's the system that's abused me. I don't know what band council does. There should be records. Where did the money go? Chief and council don't do anything. There's nothing more we can do. And I won't take a defeatist attitude. They can't leave me out to hang. My name is Rose Beltry and I'm from Wikwemekong. I'm 86 years old and coming come January 1st. i thinking about the to these days and the days in the past where people really respect, knew the word respect. So that was a, a command from the, the great spirit, God, or higher power, whatever you call him and um, but today we seem to see that there's no more of it and it, it's not good what we see but it's still there and there is hope we can tell our young people in a nice way what respect is because I remember when I was going to school we had a book there that said that there, some kids were um making fun of a bald old man. And I guess I guess he thought that wasn't right. And I don't know if he called the bears or it happened to come. But anyway, the bears tore up the children. So we can see how important it was to respect everything. We should respect our creator because he made everything and he's great. What will happen to us if we don't listen? We have to respect ourselves and everything that's on earth because the Creator created everything for us to use. Someday we're going to have to give an account of all this. And lately I've been hearing that we are so precious, precious people, precious beings, that we should really think about it and do what is expected of us and uh, to lead our young people and tell other people what to uh, catch up on in this modern world is um, that we have a lot of power with the great spirit. He gives us a share of his power which we can use today when we are finding it very difficult to live and to do what we have to do. We need all the courage he can give, the strength and the wisdom. So that's what I would like to pass along, that we do not abuse each other anymore and uh, start using 
old-fashioned stuff because the sun has been there since the beginning and we can't say it's old-fashioned just like everything else. So in closing, I'm wishing everybody to honor the Creator when he became man. Miigwech. So you like that song? Yes. We love you, Grandma. We love you, Grandpa. Zognim no ki mi wa misho. Hello, this is Tanya again. Welcome to the post-show chat. We are going to talk now with some elders, professionals, and community members. We understand that this story and the discussion may be triggering. You might have experienced or be experiencing something similar. We'll tell you some actions you can take and we'll mention several resources that can help. Here's one. If you or someone you know is affected by elder abuse, you can call the Senior Safety Line in Ontario anytime anonymously and free of charge at one 866 299-1011. That's 1-866-299-1011. Call 911 if you have an emergency or if someone is in immediate danger. Call 211 if you need help in connecting with supports and services available close to home. Turning to someone you trust that you're comfortable talking to, like a good friend or family member or an advisor, may be another option. The community can be helpful, so look around and talk to each other. My name is Tanya Coulter. I work at Mawikwadong Indigenous Friendship Centre in Owen Sound, Ontario. I work as the Indigenous Healing and Wellness Strategy Program Coordinator. We have here today in Owen Sound, uh, Jason Cranny from the Owen Sound Police and Dave Root uh, from Saugeen First Nation. Maybe everyone could just identify themselves. Dorothy Kennedy. My name is Marianne Sakabashkam and I live near Sudbury. I am from unceded Algonquin territories in Quebec. Miigwech, Marianne. Thunder Cloud and I'm back in Toronto to serve you. I am on our communications team as a volunteer. I'm also a professional counselor and advocate for assaulted women and children or people, our people. I'm Jason Cranny. I'm the community service officer for the City of Owen Sound Police Service. Here with me is Joan Chandler, the podcast producer and Sheeter's artistic director. Welcome, Joan. Hello, Tanya. Well, panelists, this is how it works. Some listeners are here who have questions for you. I may call on some of you specifically to answer them, and you do just that. The dramatized stories in this podcast are based on real events. In this story, The Golden Roof, a widow is cheated. Jason Cranny, your specialty is dealing with scams. What advice can you offer our listeners? Well, I think first and foremost, um, one, things I, one of the things I can say, and even when we talk about the story that we just heard, um, that people often will feel ashamed or embarrassed about coming forward. Or they don't think they they have any, they don't know what to do if they do come forward. 
um, thankfully in this story, at least somebody had um, um, that was uh, that was there actually at least called the band office um, to actually bring the situation forward. But oftentimes it doesn't happen, um, and people feel embarrassed and ashamed when it comes to a scam. Because um, usually it's a crime of opportunity, and so people don't report it, or they don't think that something can actually get can actually happen if they do report it. Um, what I often will tell people is, please report it, because unfortunately, even if we can't get your money back, your property back, or whatever you have lost through a scam, um, that if it is brought forward then we can get the message out, whether it's through social media channels, or we can also be aware of it with the hopes that it can stop and not so that somebody else doesn't actually fall into the same trap or is victimized again and again and again. Because this is what happens if when somebody is out there uh, and they abuse the situation, they think they can get away with it. They're going to continue to do it. Um, ideally, we'd like uh, to help somebody out and actually retrieve what they've lost. Um, but uh, some people are more worried about their personal dignity and they don't want to come forward. And um, I say over and over again, please, please come forward um, so that we can actually, you know, stop the cycle of abuse uh, when it comes to frauds and scams. Thank you, Miigwech, Jason. David and, and other people on the panel, uh, the scam that's presented in the play seems to be linked to a band office and specific uh, to a, a reservation. And the band apparently has nothing to offer the woman. Um, what sort of recourse uh, is here from, from your, um, your opinion? There has been uh, my own experience from the, within our communities that, uh, that look to pay um, or get some repairs done on their house. And just like the, the one that was speaking is uh, there's a shortage of money. You can't, uh, you can't pay the whole lump sum at times. And I see our elders uh, go through that process and and it's uh for me it's like uh you either have to go to the leadership but sometimes the leadership will revert it back to like say the housing itself <clears throat> to look at it and then sometimes things don't get resolved there but uh for myself is like a they need to respect uh, the elder and then that they could uh, do some kind of uh, other financial payment, like cutting the payment down to where it's affordable for her to, to make the, the payments, which is uh, acceptable. But some, some other organizations know they, their, their story is that uh, if we do that for one, we have to do it for everybody else. But, uh, and so the big thing that comes up out there is that uh, we're in a big deficit is what they're saying. So then they say, oh, you're kind of living for free. But it's uh, people have that uh, opportunity to make that uh, arrangements to justify your payments or get them lowered. But it's, uh, and again, it has to go through the chief and council again. <clears throat> and so there's a lot of uh, not flexibility, I guess, in a, in a sense uh, uh, for for elders in that way. And it's, uh, I see that quite often itself. And 
it's uh, one of the experiences that I can say is uh, like uh, last winter, it was going through this COVID, and uh, and there was uh, an elder lady wanting to get wood, and she was she was getting pretty low on her wood. Sort of daughter decided to call around and uh, asking if I uh, like saw uh, organization of uh, the supporter to get some wood but it they said uh no one's working or there were actually workers but they 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 said they they were on holidays or whatever making up all these excuses and that's how i saw it and then uh so i finally uh i got a call myself so through my programming i i usually will buy 10 quarts of wood to for ceremony and everything else I want whatever is tied into. So when they gave me a call, then I, I said uh, I'll give her some wood. I'll just I'll just go over there be no payment or whatever it is. And so I just uh, donated that wood to her. Things in that way needs to take place. Uh, I understand people need their money also or the organization itself. But being able to be flexible to work with uh, elders within the, the community. And then uh, I was very, she was very fortunate. Her daughter came along and asked for assistance for her. Mm -hmm. And some of the other family members there, they're very, don't want to go and approach uh, leadership or whoever. And uh, they get discouraged when when they've tried themselves. So uh, one of the things I, I experience or see out there is we work in a silo. And, and I was asking when I got into my position to speak on silos and, and I, I, I agreed on it. And then, so that was something I was kind of asking different uh, uh, programs that uh, what does silo mean to you and how, can we step away from working within our silos? So out of that, even that, working in the silos, it's like we get the funding from Health Canada, all, all these other different organizations or the, the band itself. And, and it's like uh, some people want to just hang on to that. And they're not wanting to share within the, the community itself. So. It's a uh, something that I'm looking to to make change in in that process in itself, but uh, it's being able to get away from that uh, the silo system, and uh, that we need to all work together. Dave, that ties into a question that Dorothy has actually. Okay. So can we have Dorothy ask her question? Who can advocate for the elders? Where can you find someone to advocate for them? In my position, uh, I'm in the, the building healthy communities and you can access, uh, like within my program, you can talk to me to ask whatever you, to advocate for you. It's a, it's a resource in itself that uh, we can work on something, whatever we need to, whatever it may be. Uh, to try and address it, look to address it. And uh, 
there's the other organizations that's like uh, some of them are on social assistance it was uh somebody speaking on their behalf within that organization of social service also and then like it, we all kind of come together that's why i was saying about uh we're in a silo system if we can break our silos down then we should be able to tap into each other's resources to to support somebody in uh their needs in the within the community and it's uh I, th I think that's something that we need to do within uh, all communities is come together that we can find a solution to what uh, to meet up uh, individuals need, uh, especially for our elders, uh, so that they're not taken advantage of. I'd like to uh, share that um, when I uh, was working at the Wukwamakong Family, uh, Wukwamakong Health Center, I uh, was, my program was funded by the Aboriginal Healing and Wellness Strategy. It's called Indigenous Healing and Wellness Strategy now. But uh, I was there to uh, assist the uh, residential school survivors when the uh, compensation began to flow in uh, 2008. And um, I uh, became very uh, familiar with the elders. Um, and uh, I uh, spoke my language. Uh, I uh, was um, assisting them in uh, many ways, such as uh, in speaking to them in the language. And they related back to me and we engaged and uh, we've, formed a bond that uh, was uh, very special. I felt that and I think they felt that because they always uh, called me and uh, I came together for them. And uh, many times I was able to uh, do more beyond what I uh, was mandated to do, such as uh, many of our elders were veteran uh, and um, they uh, only got um, a little bit of compensation, maybe uh, some money for uh, raising uh, a farm when they came back from uh, the wars, War One and uh, World War Two. And uh, they um, they didn't know of any of the other benefits that were available to them. There, there was so many benefits available that uh, I was able to uh, link them to. They were able to get appliances, and uh, I was able to help them with their uh, their telephone, their uh, hydro bills. Uh, sometimes the hydro bills were uh, uncalled for, um, and they were really stressed out with some of these bills, and they were in the thousands of dollars. So I was able to uh, to help them uh, lower their their these payments because there was no uh, validation for that. So I uh, I was able to, uh, and I'm happy to say that I helped them in uh, great ways by uh, being fluent and being there for them and uh, accessing benefits that uh, they didn't know existed for them. Somebody, some of these. Uh, 
elders uh, were unaware of these benefits for maybe 50 years. And it was only in their last few years that they were able to access uh, these uh, services. So uh, we need to have advocates, uh, you know, to go uh, sometimes uh, beyond our call of duty, um, you know, to uh, to to get their fair share of uh, what's, um, you know, what they could be uh, entitled to. So I just wanted to uh, bring that up. Um, and also uh, that our languages need to be mandated uh, to be able to converse with uh, our elders, Nishnabemuen, Nishnabemda. Is uh, is a requirement. It's uh, it's our way of relating. It's our it's a very deep connection that we have uh, spiritually to uh, to be able to uh, uh, prevent and to also enhance uh, the seven grandfather teachings. Miigwech. Miigwech, Dorothy and David, sharing your um, your experiences with uh, seeing family members advocating and then also in your role in uh, community service work, um, being advocates for elders and, and seniors. Um, are there any other panelists who would like to address this question in regards to advocacy for them? Do you? Um, I would agree with what Dorothy had identified insofar as um, you know, uh, being an advocate as a as a community support person, um, sometimes it's about helping to educate them or refer them to maybe benefits that they were not aware they were entitled to. Um, and uh, and I also think, um, you know, for individuals, it it has to be someone they can trust. Sometimes that's not a family member. Sometimes that is a family member, or it's a friend but just trying to uh, coach and support someone in terms of finding someone they feel they can trust who's um, who would, who would really help them in, in a good way. And, um, and I think also what, what Dave was saying about uh, thinking outside the box, not working in silos, being community minded um, and recognizing that usually people who don't ask for much, that's just their nature, and 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 we have to really help those people more than the person that you know is right there at the beginning of a of a of a new initiative asking for supports. Not to say that not everybody's worthy of support, but but trying to make sure that it's it's equal and fair. Well, I feel that that ties in with the next question, since more advocacy is important as well as more advertising, um, not many can go online. So where do you find these resources? We're working with our community partners to make sure that information is actually getting out to um, uh, communities so that there's actually a safe handoff. So um, we have been uh, handing out information, working with Violence Prevention Great Bruce to get information out to local churches, to our local mosque. Uh, I believe uh, Mawikwadong has just got some information and we've been handing this out as we've been out in the community so that there are advocates out there, but they might not know who to contact. 
so they don't do anything. And it goes, you know, if I if I don't know, I feel embarrassed about not knowing. So, um, and it might not be that, you know, the police are who they want to reach out to, but, you know, as police, we can get information out to other people um, where there might be a, a stronger relationship um, and, a, and a positive relationship and a healthy relationship. And that information can get out to the people um, that need to uh, to reach out to, to get the help and the support they need, whether it's through, you know, for folks on elder abuse or frauds and scams. I think it goes back to our, that conversation we've been having um, nonstop is that it's community. It's working together and finding out the best way to get information out to people. And it might not just be you know, us as individuals, but as a community, um, you know, getting the information to the people who, who we need to get it to. There is another resource that a lot of people don't know about called Senior Centers Without Walls. And um, since that question, Thunder, that you asked was about people who can't get online, Senior Centers Without Walls has responded by offering um, group, uh, group opportunities um, that you can access using the telephone. And a lot of people who are older do have telephone. So they run, um, they run programming that seniors can access on the telephone. Um, and that's another way of serving community is looking at, you talk about being outside of the box, Dave, and that's one way that um, people across Ontario have responded is by setting up this organization. That's great. Um, is there anyone else uh, of our panelists from who are on uh, on the call via technology who would like to answer? I'd just like to make a mention of the the process. Often, when a person um, doesn't know where the resources are and they know that they want to do something, many years ago, and I mean decades, <laughs> um, when I first started to need to connect with community supports, um, I had no clue, none whatsoever of who to talk to or where to go. And it was a process I had to learn. I had to overcome my fear of being embarrassed because I didn't know. And uh, someone once told me, it's, it's, um, think of it like an avalanche. You have an avalanche coming down the, the mountain. By the bottom of the avalanche, it's powerful. It's huge. It has great effect. It's like a person who has a great deal of knowledge and a great deal of power. It's like the bottom of the avalanche. But it doesn't start there. It starts with that little tiny grain of snow at the top that begins the movement in the first place. So I was at the beginning of the movement to, of learning for myself. And one of the key things that someone told me to do was, first of all, go where you know. So whatever agency or community person that you know that you can trust, doesn't matter who it is, you go to them and say, I need to know about this. What else can I do? Who else can I talk to? Who else? Who else? Who else? Every time anybody gave me information, I learned that I always had to ask what else and who else. And that opened up doors that I had absolutely no clue that they existed. Even just recently to be able to find housing here where I'm at now, I had no idea. I didn't know they exist. But because I constantly would ask, okay, I know this, this, and this, I, would, I need that kind of help, but who else can I talk to? What else can I do? And then taking that information from that contact person and following it up and then asking that person, who else and what else? That's how you learn how to do it. That's how you find out stuff that you have absolutely no idea that it exists. 
Miigwech for sharing your resources and, uh, and advocacy skills. Marianne. And now Marianne has a question to ask. All right, Marianne, would you like to ask this question? Um, how can we better equip our senior centers to get to the root of the issues? I'd kind of like to comment on that, if I may. Go ahead. I'm not experiencing any seniors groups or centers that actually look at the root of issues. As far as, as I, my experience has been is that too many centers are more concerned about other issues, just like contact and entertainment too often as opposed to contacting people in order to deal with issues. I think we definitely need more, not just for seniors, but that it encompasses the whole family to get to the root issues. I think that's beginning, but it definitely could happen more. Um, I think there's more uh, momentum in the reserves to deal with the people that are on reserves. But most People who identify as Native don't live on reserves anymore. When you do the SAS Canada stuff, it's really quite surprising. You find most people who identify as Native are living in towns, cities, and, and communities outside of the reserve. So I think there needs to be a greater effort outside of reserves, but connected with Indigenous organizations everywhere to reach the people that are not on reserve. I have never lived on a reserve. You know, I will never be able to live on a reserve. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm not part of a community. And for Indigenous resources, for people outside of the reserve system, I think there needs to be an increase for agencies, helping agencies that deal with the whole family. Right down from the teenagers. We can start with the schools, the high schools. No one's talked about going into the high schools. To begin to bring the teachings in a high school setting, that can happen. And it's a revelation to a great many of the younger people. And very often it is the younger people who learn a different way, who then have the momentum to help the entire family to change. So I think there could be a lot more done outside of the actual little insular reserve system. Right. I, I think just as an employee of an ind Indigenous Friendship Centre, I think the Friendship Centre movement has definitely tried to fill that um, people living off reserve who are Indigenous, um, Métis or um, Inuit. Um, so I, I, do, I do see our Friendship Centre here in Owen Sound um, just being that balance between, um, you know, families or community, or like a reservation. Um, but of course, there's there's always a need for more. Um, and I, I do think as a friendship center, we have the capacity to help support the family because of kind of um, multiple programs that uh, work with families, that work with youth and children um, and, and seniors specifically um, or elders. Um, so I would I would just not to not to to um, take away from. From the conversation, but I think there is there is some um, uh, momentum there with with friendship centers in terms of helping support the um, off reserve uh, indigenous population or urban indigenous population. Um, but but Dave, I wonder if you have an opinion uh, li living living at at Saugeen, uh, if you have an opinion about uh, seniors centers um, 
and uh, resources for elders and seniors? Yeah, um, I had a couple of things. We have a, a large amount of uh, housing shortage of uh, people that don't have any uh, place to go. So the, the big thing that's going on right now is the, the Habitat uh, is doing a lot of housing right now, but it's not going to succeed to serve everybody at the same time. But in uh, but that, with that being said, there uh, the other question about uh, the seniors in uh, in our community, uh, they are working on doing physical activities of uh, to get them motivated and then engaging with one another. Uh, sometimes they like to go out and uh, they take them out shopping or whatever. And they have a, a a small bus that they take people and then. They take them to whatever events and things that are going on. I sadly have to cut this short. Okay. I hate the fact that we are bound by the clock, but we are. Um, so I, I'm sorry about interrupting you, Dave. It's, uh, that's, the, that's the way it is on the outside. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. So I, I think just to wrap uh, this, this podcast up, uh, miigwech and thank you to everyone. Um, I think we're, we're, we're able to identify that there's a lot of um, things that need to change on reserve and off reserve in relationship to um, meeting the needs of seniors um, and, and moving beyond just uh, as, as Marianne pointed out, uh, just the recreational, you know, how can we address um, foundational needs, trauma-based supports, um, cultural supports, language supports were also identified by Dorothy. Um, being able to offer, you know, advocacy in the language is also a huge piece or a barrier sometimes for, for individuals. So there's lots, um, lots of, of uh, nourishing thoughts or seeds to plant in terms of how we can move forward to, uh, to help uh, support our, um, our elders and community. So uh, miigwech and that's everything today. Not everything, but everything for now. <laughs> <laughs> That's making it into the final cut, just so you know. <laughs> Join us next time when we have new guests and stories to tell on Michelle Minwanoki, Yumi, and Wrinkles. Ghost Dad, Grandma's house. Grandma can cook for you and all that stuff. Yes. I can do that. It's not her job to do that. You can give him the 20 bucks. It's hopeless. We don't want to ask questions what's going on within, uh, with our parents, our moms and dads. I felt so sorry for that old man. When I heard what happened to him, a bunch of boys went into his house and pretty much traumatized him. Almost killed him. If you can lead by example, I believe that people will follow. If you need help, call the Senior Safety Line at 1-866-299-1011.
wrinkles, wise, older person. I asked Grandma if I could touch her cheeks, and she said I can. It was so soft. To this day, I can remember gently touching her soft skin and thinking, this is the most gentle grandmother. We love you, Grandma. We love you, Grandpa. Zognim noki miwa misho. is not uncommon. The World Health Organization found that one in six seniors worldwide experience abuse. Statistics Canada says it is higher in Indigenous communities. Today we mentioned a number of community services that can help. We need you to know that as we're offering you information, resource and links, what we're saying is not legal or medical advice. This is a conversation. It's a guide. Please seek the advice of professionals and people who can help you in your community. If you or someone you know is affected by elder abuse, call the Senior Safety Line in Ontario anytime, anonymously and free of charge at 1-866-299-1011. The Senior Safety Line provides information, referrals and support in over 200 languages. Call them at 1-866-299-1011. Call 911 if you have an emergency or if someone is in immediate danger. Call 211 if you need help in connecting with supports and services available close to home. And remember, if you see or feel that something isn't right with a friend of yours, it's okay to ask them about it. You might be just who they need today. For more information about Cheater and this program, or to find links to our panelists, or for instructions on how to use Wrinkles as a resource for group discussions, please go to our website at www.sheater.com. You can also visit us on Facebook and Instagram. The audio drama Misho Minwa Noki Yumi and Wrinkles was developed in a workshop with and features the voices of Gloria May Eshkabach, Daniel Gonzalez, Bernadette Eshkakagan, Fawn Jacko, Marjorie Trudeau, Daniel Pelche, Jeff Eshkakagan, Brenda Wabi, Kitty Bell, Dorothy Kennedy, Daniel Roy McDonald, Paul Hartman, and Rose Pelche. The audio drama was directed and produced by Joan Chandler, script adaptation by Joan Chandler, technical director Paul Hartman, mixed at Avenue A Studios. Misho Minwanoki, Yumi and Wrinkles, was produced by Joan Chandler and David Sarita, written and edited by Joan Chandler. Music producer David Sarita, technical producers Jason Manitowabi and G.I. Holm, Technical assistance by Justin DeForge, with additional recordings by Kevin Moyes, G.I. Holm, and Trevor McKenzie. Wrinkles was mixed at the Dabajamajig Creative Studios in Manitowaning and Walls Down Studio Owen Sound, Ontario. Podcast music includes Hank Williams' Hey Good Lookin' and Honky Tonk Blues, Strong Woman by Maggie Paul, Eagle Song, the traditional, by the cast, and additional music by the Mawikwadong Indigenous Friendship Centre staff. 
Misho Minwanoki, Yumi and Wrinkles, was funded by the Government of Canada's New Horizons for Seniors program, the Ontario Trillium Foundation, Justice Canada, the J.P. Bickle Foundation, the Community Foundation Grey Bruce, Employment Ontario, and the Ontario Arts Council. Thanks for the support of Healing Each Other program and Amacook Seniors Centre Wikwemakong, Dabajimajig Creative Studios, and Mawikwidong Indigenous Friendship Centre Owen Sound. To join them in helping us tell stories that matter, you can make a donation at sheater.com. You can also support the podcast by sharing it with others, hitting the like button, and posting about it on social media. Wrinkles is a production of Sheater. I'm Tanya Coulter, and thank you for listening. <laughs>